0: every single horror movie ever this is ryan and this is quincy how's it going quincy it's going good how's everything going with you ryan um not great as i got my car broken into earlier today but the day is looking up uh because um i finished uh one of the movies we're going to be talking about uh during the last hour of my shift at work and i'm yeah yeah it's gonna be a good day it's it's wild that you watch
1: movies at work (laughs) Even though before we hit play, I just told you I got done watching a movie at work. <laughs> I constantly am looking over my shoulder. I'm listening for, you know, shoe footsteps down the hallway. I'm just waiting for, you know, that um that episode of The Simpsons where they go over to, to um, Lenny's house and he says, "Please don't tell people how I live."
0: <laughs> yeah, sitting at a a gross table in a dilapidated living room in his undershirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's my <laughs> cinema taste. So, like, it's really tough to watch some of these movies at work.
0: Oh, yeah, which honestly, like, uh, w- with watching movies at work, I, th- I think it's that um, once I get a, a, a job that maybe asks more of me than my current job, I'm. it's going to be a big fucking culture shock to go from my current uh, slacker uh, lifestyle to actually having to focus on work and do it all the time while at work um and really with watching movies at work i think it's mostly just made me i i you know i just figured it out um we 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 talked uh, i think last episode about how we um are really bored with pointless nudity in horror movies um and i think this is my practice for it is that i'm tired of needing to quickly minimize the window at work
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired of i'm worried about people making photocopies across the hallway, walking in and saying, what are you watching? <laughs> right. Because I, when the answer is Attack of the Super Monsters, and it's like, look at these badass dinosaur puppets, that feels good. <laughs> but yes. when it's seeding of a ghost, it's a little bit more dicey.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, a, if, a, if a woman is being brutalized on screen, it's not quite as easy to explain to a coworker. Um, although I do love that uh, if, if I'm watching really bizarre grisly shit at work... For some reason, nobody questions that, but if if a pair of titties flop out, we're going to have problems <laughs> and uh, america dot m p four honestly like we're fine with hyper violent graphic violence Hi- hyper violent violence um but yeah can cannot deal with nudity yeah
1: yeah it's it's our uh puritanical ancestors.
0: Yeah, maybe... So, are we going to spoil
1: the living shit at Happy Death Day? Do we just need to tell our listeners, like...
0: Oh, I think we have to. I I think... To talk about this movie, I I feel like if we talked about it without giving spoilers, it would just be us talking about the first ten minutes. Okay, so we're going
1: to talk about other movies this week. Just skip ahead... 30
0: minutes or so an hour know. no yeah that's an yeah <laughs> but the entire time it's just gonna be me pounding my fists and yelling i love this movie um, it's really good right oh yeah actually now here's the thing i'm not like super super high on it like i'm not gonna this isn't one of those movies that i watch that i feel like uh, i want to make my life's calling like going door to door and making people watch it um but i really liked it i think it's that uh, baby mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, and apparently, and I, uh, like I do, I was uh, looking at the IMDb trivia page for Happy Death Day. And apparently, uh, they the writer uh, chose the mask for this to be a baby mask because it was like, okay, we need this to plausibly look like maybe a college mascot. Um, side note here our college mascot looked like Mr. Peanut. So it's not super beyond the realm of believability that somebody would have a baby for a mascot.
1: Right, right. The the downside of going to a college named after a governor is that your mascot is just a governor.
0: <laughs> Mr. Moneybags. Although they, they changed I, they, him though. They like
1: did. he used to be like really kind and now he's like very imposing. They butch- he's more Scrooge McDuck and less <laughs> Mr. Magoo.
0: They butched him up. Like no I, I was good with it yeah, like he was yeah. like a cartoon aristocrat with a cane. Like that. That's the that's the mask. I feel good about. Um, but no. So he chose the mask for that, and then also because he. Uh, did you know that actually the guy who designed this mask also designed the motherfucking iconic scream mask? Whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the same guy. Like he, he w- I, That's my favorite thing because that's so fucking instantly recognizable. Um, and then also uh, the the makers of this um, or the, the writer of this wanted it to be a baby mask because he had a baby on the way or his wife did, and he just had baby on the brain, so he was just like, whatever, killer's a baby. (laughs) Killer (laughs) babies. So,
1: (laughs) speaking of screen masks, will the killer baby mask be the hot uh, novelty mask of Halloween 2018? Can we call it, or is it too early?
0: I wish it would be. Um, I I wonder if it's going to break down to a sort of age demo thing, because I think... Um, For my cursory uh, glance at reviews of this movie, um, teenagers and early 20-somethings really liked this movie. The Old Guard, not so much.
1: I can see that because I kind of don't really like it. There's a lot that I have a problem with in this movie.
0: Oh, absolutely. Let's dig into it. So what's the—so old, old, old Man Rhodes sitting on the, on the rocking chair outside Cracker Barrel.
1: So so me and the young bucks are sitting at this cracker barrel and let me tell you <laughs> I think what I don't like is okay so the premise is great grand hog day with murder she keeps sure. getting killed over and over again I think what annoys me is the implications that the killer is her roommate who doesn't who whose motive is not the right motive I would agree with that. I think her the motive, motive is... is, you're annoying, not you've treated me like shit. And I think what sucks is um, Tree actually says, Hey, I'm sorry I treated you like shit. And she says, Oh, that's not why I'm killing you. I'm killing you because you're in love with the man that I love.
0: Right, because and of it's boy like,
1: problems. That's such a trash... In the same year that we got Tragedy Girls, mm-hmm. we get this trash. And part of it, I think, is, you know... It's an all dude crew.
0: Yeah. well, and, and also one of the producers on this, and I hate to point this out, um, he, one of the producers on this is a guy who um, did a, a horror podcast a few years ago, and he, he co-hosted this podcast with Clark Wolf. and she's you know, also into horror. And uh, this guy is a doofus. Like he is a horror bro. Like he's, he's one of these guys that has the most bland, boring Friday the 13th fan on a sweaty Saturday night takes. And it did not surprise me that he produced this movie because of stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's just, I
0: think that it's got some clever
1: stuff in it, but when it's all said and done, with the ending that it has, I only need to see it once. It's which, not a movie that I want, I want to return
0: to. Well, And which ending? Because it had like three... It it kind of folded return okay, of the yeah, king. yeah, yeah.
1: So let's talk about this. Okay, the theatrical cut, the ending where it's a happy ending and everything's great, and there's the fake out, and the the fact that they mention they name check Groundhog Day with Bill Murray is probably the best part of the movie. Oh,
0: I I, I feel like now. I feel two ways about that, because on one level I'm like, don't directly reference a movie that your movie is inspired by and that's better than your movie, because that's just gonna make me yeah, want to yeah. watch the better movie. But then on the other hand I'm like, look, all of us watching this were thinking about Groundhog Day. Like
1: And to have the character on screen say, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he's like, What, Bill Murray? And she's like, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know who that is. Um yeah, and, and like it. it yeah, and a... also it's believable because
1: <laughs> of the character, so it's not even like a come on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not world breaking. I. That that was one of my beefs was was that I think the ending was perfectly fine with. Oh, well, actually, all right. So let's let's give a, a quick rundown of the movie, right?
1: Okay, so uh, Tree is a popular sorority girl. And she wakes up late for class in the bed of her one night stand and she walks across the quad and you have your hashtag college movie, which I'm such a sucker for. Yeah. And then um, she goes through her day and she goes out to a party and she's murdered by a A baby baby
0: man. (laughs) She's murdered by a baby man.
1: And then Um, she wakes up from being murdered and she's stuck in the same day and she's got to relive the day till she figures out who killed her and stop the murder from happening.
0: Right. And there's a shot in here that was also ripped wholesale off of, um, a scandal in Belgravia from BBC Sherlock where like she gets clocked on the side of the head with a baseball bat and she's falling over and then it seamlessly transitions into her head hitting the, the pillow on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and so as the movie progresses, like, she has to try to figure out who the killer is. And now, the idea, I think, behind the movie that also does kind of bug me is that she's a real shitbird at the beginning of the thing. And I don't know that I appreciate the kind of cloying... See, the, you know, shouldn't you be a good person sort of morality tacked onto it? Um, right. It's
1: very much the reason... We kind of get this feeling that if she wasn't such a shitty person... This wouldn't be happening to her, and she actually does recognize through living her life over and over again. Oh, I'm a shitty person. If I'm a better person, maybe this will stop happening. Right. So, Which actually, I is- guess is- that's like a shortcut character development because she's not actually ge- she's not changing from a place of genuine development. She's changing as a way to get out of her obligations.
0: Right. Like I don't know that she actually develops empathy for other people. Um, which also is, um, is a lot like the original Groundhog Day because the thing that kills me about Groundhog Day, it took that guy thousands of days, uh, hundreds of thousands of days before he went, you know what, I, what if I were a good person this time? Like, he kills people, he, like, commits suicide, he throws, like, he does, he basically commits mass murder before he goes, I'm running out of, running out of idea running out of ideas here. I guess maybe I'll try not being a shitbag.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's your last option? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, And, and, like, in this movie, like, Tree, um, so as as it progresses, and she's, um, which I think is honestly a really cool conceit, that she's basically um, creating a staircase to the truth using her own corpses, where she has to keep dying to try to figure out, and like narrow it down and like okay I mean Oh me, and
1: l- the montage where she's like I'm going to figure out the killer so she keeps following people around and since she's murdered over and over again she's like well if i'm looking at this person while someone else is murdering me then they can't
0: be the killer <laughs> Yeah which actually i i loved and, and and one of the things that i loved about it was that you know this is a movie that 100% has a wild goofy premise that could only possibly happen in a movie and it, I think it takes advantage of that. Like it, it pulls a lot of really wild, almost slapstick shit because it's like, look, this is a this is a horror mo- version of Groundhog Day. Let's maybe take advantage of the space a little bit.
1: I mean, the killer is a baby. <laughs>
0: we cannot stress enough that the killer is a baby. Um, and so, so uh, she, when she figures out toward the end of the thing that it's this um, local slasher guy. Who's been killing other young women? That um, he's like stuck in the hospital, and so she figures it out. And also the uh, the guy that um, whose dorm she crashed in uh, the the night before the day starts happening over and over again. Um, Carter, who's yeah, got Car-
1: the most bland like I had to look it up because it's the most generic white boy bland oh,
0: name. He's a he's big... got
1: a Repo Man poster in his dorm room, so you know he's cool.
0: And a they and a They Live poster, which. Hi! Oh, hi! Hi, filmmakers. Yes, we know you like those movies, um, but now, now, now what I but also it about
1: works it, because, of course, douchebags in college would have those posters in their dorm rooms. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it's listen. That's just an updated Boondock Saints poster. Is that? No, that's not true. That's not true. I love Repo Man, um, but a thing that I noticed about that is that he looks like a he looks like a sperm with hair. Like he is just. <laughs> A blando college kid, which I like, but my problem is that I feel like go- only guys ever get to do that in college movies, yeah, where, yeah. I, you know, I appreciate that he looks like a doofy college kid. He looks like any, you know, any of the guys I knew in college, uh, but the women have to be stunning. Like, yes. they have, to, you know, just supermodel level, like, so they, you know, and this is who they share a screen with. Um And the guy, like, she falls in love with him because he's not a shitbag, bag. And he sacrifices himself for her uh, during one of the days where he just like throws himself at the killer. And so from this, she was like, "Oh, yeah, I guess I love you." Um, and then toward yeah, the end, of the... which
1: that was kind of a big problem I had because she says, that's Carter, I'm going to have his babies when this is all over. Uh. Because at the end, she finally tells her sorority sisters, like, this is the guy I love. But also, she's only basing that off of the Halcyon first day that she meets him. Mm -hmm. Even though she has spent all this time with him, he literally does the same thing every time. He only says the same three lines when she wakes up. So the (laughs) idea that she can actually
0: know him... Uh, it really troubles me. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, Bart. Bart has six cool sayings, um, and re- and then he's got this roommate that I I don't know. I, I think I, when this movie is funny, I think it is genuinely funny, um, and occasionally that falls flat.
1: Like... Oh, yeah. And it, it, when it's funny, it works. But when it falls flat, it is awful. And frankly, the surprise, it's a it's a local serial killer. That's actually the killer is really annoying, too. Because I totally agree. It's, it's kind of like, really, that's what we're going to go with with this really clever premise. We're just going to kind of fall back almost like rest on your laurels and that's why i like the director's cut ending too because the director's cut is tree survives it all she's finally figured it out and then the wife of her professor that she had sex with earlier in the movie murders her in her hospital bed
0: Yeah, and like, and it's like you know, oh, this is for the pain, but I'm I'm not in pain. No, not your pain, mine. And like, injects her with yeah. And her final line is, "Oh fuck," (laughs) and then like she dies. Like that. That's a Tales from the quick ending. Was
1: more in tone with the rest of this movie. Mm -hmm. That like stinger ending would have worked a lot better.
0: I I, yeah I I I agree, and I also think um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. You know how some horror movies are just mean spirited. Yes, like I think Wishmaster is a good example of just a fucking mean horror movie. Um,
1: the Devil's Rejects. Just oh
0: god, mean as shit. the Devil's Rejects is like that horrible kid you knew that your parents wouldn't let you hang out with. Like, and I can't, <laughs> ev- I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I feel like Happy Death Day could have benefited from some more meanness. Like, if if this had had sort of, I mean, now and obviously it's a very like black comedy premise. Um, but I feel like... And, of course, it is PG-13, right? Like, And apparently they initially wanted to do it as an R-rated film, but they made them cut a bunch of the gore. I feel like this being a ridiculous horror movie anyway, I wish that it had taken advantage of the kills more. Yeah. Like, cranes dropping shit on her, like, accidentally... I, I don't know. I feel like you... It it needed to be mean in places and I feel like occasionally it was schmaltzy in a way that didn't totally work for me.
1: Right, right. It was not it, because it was schmaltzy, but it lacked sincerity. The whole time it was very tongue in cheek, wink wink. This is a crazy premise, you know, look how clever we're being. College, am I right? You know, yeah. the the kids in the college. Now to be fair, one of my <laughs> the favorite kids movies in the college can't hardly wait.
0: Oh, me too. I it's, it's...
1: love teen hijinks movies. Mm-hmm. And I am a fucking dinosaur. And I recognize <laughs> that it it has never been like that. No. There is no such thing as the high school from 10 Things I Hate About You. It just doesn't happen. But right. I love those kinds of movies. But at the same token, this movie didn't really bring anything new to that conversation (laughs) except for this conceit which is borrowed from another movie
0: yeah i you know i i half agree with it and then the other part of me is like well i think uh the the okay so like the fake college college students don't actually do this stuff thing um the the sorority sisters i think the most annoying scene to me in the thing is uh that she's sitting with all of her sorority sisters around a table and there's kind of the heather chandler character who's just like you know dominating this group and she's you know being being real mean and you know she she makes fun of one of the sorority sisters weight, and then uh tree which is by the way short for Teresa, like she didn't have hippie parents um oh i never picked that up i was just like hippie parents yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and she, you know, it, it, it's almost like a, a fake Tumblr post that people make for notes. Where it was like, and then she stood up and grabbed a glass of chocolate milk and dumped it right on her head. Which, by the way, she very slowly lifts the cup and dumps it over her head. And I'm, I'm, I was like, why wouldn't you just move out of the way? Like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> hey, hey, don't do that, dude. What you're gonna get? You're gonna dump that all over me. Um, and it's <laughs> like, and then like all the other sorority sisters are like, whee! and like clapping as she runs away chagrined like there are bits of this that were almost like have you ever met a young person or does your entire knowledge of how they interact come from those 90s teen movies
1: yeah yeah it does feel like someone just made that like the screenwriter mainlined 90s teen movies instead of actually going and spending time with teens Yeah. And that and and... also maybe if they'd made it a period piece that would play or they leaned further into it, but Mm. they're not. They're playing it off as contemporary. This is four teens by teens, extreme teens,
0: (laughs) extreme teens. And really, I don't know, I feel like there's never been a better period of time to make a movies that are like pulling rope to the 80s. Everything is set in the 80s right now, I think, because we're in a kind of Black Lodge mutant 80s Yeah, in in 2018. Um, Well, what's
1: crazy is, you know, I will hum a synthwave song in my head, and mm -hmm. I'll say, just like the 80s, except it will be a song that was written five years ago. But yeah. that is more 80s than any of the music that actually came out of the 80s.
0: Yes, I, which is, I mean, kind of amazing that I, I know people that, you know, were like came of age in the 80s. And when they look at the way people talk about the 80s now, they're like, I'm sorry, when did the 80s look like a goddamn box of crayons? When did it sound like that? <laughs> like, it was garbage. There was some good stuff, but a lot of it was shit. Um, And and, but so so anyway, um, another uh, subplot in this that I did not buy at all is that, you know, so uh, one of the staples in her wake up routine a la Bill Murray waking up to the radio station is her ringtone, which is um, something like "Ah, it's my birthday. I don't got to pick up the phone or whatever. Um, yeah,
1: which has drilled its way into my brain. Yeah,
0: which, by the way, side note here. Did she change her ringtone to that the night before she went to bed and she's going to change it the day after? And if so, I'm impressed by Drunk Tree remembering to do that. Or, I think that's incredible. <laughs> she's got that, that
1: a service on her plan? It's like,
0: we'll change your ringtone for you on this <laughs> day. Yeah, just every holiday. It's Groundhog Day! Yeah. Um, just, yeah, thanks. So, but so it's her dad calling over and over again. And, you know, her mom died five years ago or whatever. And, you know, she's been avoiding her dad, which, by the way, this is literally the opposite of that playtest episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, where (laughs) a parent died, and they're avoiding talking to the other parent. And then you know, after she's been, um, it's it's like that. Flannery, it's like the ending of A Good Man Is Hard to Find by Flannery O'Connor, where it's like she could, you know, she could have been a good woman if there'd been so, if there had been someone there to shoot her every day of her life. Um, where she, yes, I feel like she's—that's
1: this whole fucking movie.
0: Yeah, and so she, you know, she's died enough times to go. You know what? I'm gonna talk to my dad and tell him how much I love him and how I'm really sad about my mom dying. And I, I don't know. I kind of feel like this movie was. Doing a lot of things that it only half succeeded at.
1: And that's why I think if the final scene is her dying, it works. Because none of this shit will work in the ending of the movie. So happy ending, she gets back on her bullshit the next day. Oh, yeah. And that's what breaks the movie. But if you kill her off, it's a mean little fucking movie and it's this clever ending. To say, haha, life is awful.
0: Oh, you know what movie I wish the tone was closer to? Drag me to hell. I think yeah, if this been yeah, th- exactly. a little bit closer to like, you know what? Sometimes you're just a shit person and then shit things happen, but you know, you get a flying goat that sings at you. And I'm Sam Raimi, so count your fucking that's lessons. a good movie. Oh, I, I, I honestly... That's an
1: example of a mean fucking movie that works.
0: Oh, it's so mean, but it's so funny and good. And you can tell that... I mean, it was like Sam Raimi was apologizing for Spider-Man 3. Like, this was exactly <laughs> the late career return to horror from Sam Raimi that we all wanted. Um, but yeah, so with Happy Death Day, so um, at the end of it... It turns out that uh, not only was it a local goofster who, like, stabbed in teens or early 20-somethings, um, but her roommate that she, you know, uh, uh, yeah. was, was smashing the dude that her roommate was into, and also she's a jerk and annoying and all of this stuff, uh, that, I, I don't know, it also bugs me when you're bringing up her motive for doing it literally in the third act, at yeah. the end yeah. of the third act.
1: And it's such a trite motive, especially when, as an audience member, I've figured out better motives that she should use. Yeah. It's bad when you want to say to a character, no, no, the real reason why you're doing this is because of <laughs> this thing that happened, not the other thing you say.
0: Yeah, when you can fanfic it's Like, it. No,
1: I agree. You should do this, but not for the reasons you're articulating.
0: <laughs> right. Like, dude, you're totally justified in murdering your roommate, just not for that. Uh, Like, that's, which, you know, listen, I think we should get to play God and decide who lives and who dies.
1: So I'm looking at the list, Mm -hmm. and this is unequivocally what Netflix would call a teen scream.
0: Oh, it's 100% a teen scream. And now, actually, and now, all right, I feel like I've been kind of, I, I feel like I've been mean about this movie. I did like stuff about it. Yeah, um,
1: I did like stuff about it too. It was a fun watch, and the whole time I never looked at my watch and said, "When is this going to be over?" Right, it I, absorbed me. It was exactly what a teen scream is supposed to be, which is a fucking fun popcorn movie.
0: Right. It, yeah. It was. It was popcorn horror, and it did the thing that I liked, which was that um, a lot of the character dialogue it didn't tr- it didn't pull a Kevin Williamson imitator um, the way. Pretty much every other movie after Scream in the 90s and early 2000s did. Um, I think the dialogue was snappy as fuck. Um, I think the um, I, I forget the actor's name who plays Tree. She kills in this role. Like she's really, really good. Um,
1: her name is Jessica Roth. I uh, want to watch it. everything she's done.
0: Yeah. No. Like her. Her. Like her range in this movie. I think she does most of the heavy lifting. In this movie, yeah, like, definitely. This movie lives or dies from her performance, and she just knocked it out of the fucking park. Um, I think. Now, the most predictable death in this movie is that one of them she gets out of the she gets out of the hospital, and she's um, uh, there's a, a car chase, or like there's, there's a chase in the parking garage where she gets away from him, and she's she's trucking down the road and pulling a Jesse Pinkman in the Breaking Bad finale where she's screaming with glee because she got out, and then uh, a cop pulls her over. And I instantly said aloud to myself, oh, that guy's getting hit by the the killer's car while he's on the outside of the car. And then it happened. (laughs) Um, It just could not have... Although, I mean, even that scene was great because of the actor they got to play that cop because he pulls her over. She doesn't have her ID or insurance or anything. She's in a hospital gown. And he's like, are you drunk? And she's like, wait a minute. So if I'm drunk, you have to arrest me, right? And he's like, yeah and she's like oh uh, and like put me put me in a prison cell and like shut me in there and no one can get in and he's like uh, that is the 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 general um arrangement that we have for drunk drivers yeah and she's like okay great yeah arrest me oh i've never been arrested before and like it's really chummy
1: yeah yeah um and so and then like he I, dies which makes it even more like yeah those mean moments are pretty great
0: yeah yeah he's road pizza and i i think this movie it's like a bunch of moments i really like nailed together over the skeleton of groundhog day and even though like i can and maybe you know what it is maybe i it's because i just watched the babysitter on netflix and like narratives written by by horror bros i was i, mean, ah, I don't i don't know if i'm grading on a curve here quincy like if it's that this was made by horror bros but i feel like there was some good stuff about it at least and it wasn't just total exploitative shit
1: So, I'm going to throw a movie out that I think it's very similar to, and you say higher or lower. Mm Mm-hmm. 2006's Black Christmas.
0: This is better than Black Christmas.
1: Okay. So, you said a bunch of good moments draped over a framework. That, Mm -hmm. my friend, is House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: Oh, my God. You're completely right.
1: music video (laughs) draped over the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Yeah. And and also um yeah, that's a fucking great comparison. And also I think one of the things this movie now okay. So this did get a theatrical release, but it felt it, I don't know. I don't know if straight to VOD is a look. Um oh, this
1: it's had definitely
0: a look we
1: watched them almost exclusively.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's all shot on digital, so it I mean a lot of it has this really like crisp sheen to it, but I, I yeah, I, it, it felt This felt like a really good straight-to-VOD horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Not a great theatrical release movie, but definitely a straight-to-VOD movie that you put it on, goes down smooth, you watch the whole thing, and you're like, huh, all right, cool.
1: So, (coughs) where does that go on the list, then?
0: Well, now, okay. So, uh, looking at the list, I know the movie that I absolutely cannot (coughs) cannot put it above. It is not better than Pumpkinhead. Yeah, for sure. Um, Pumpkinhead is better than it. Um, I also think The Devil's Candy is better. Low Life is definitely better.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it's um, a lucha crime film.
0: Right, what's not to love? Um, I do Now, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, um, I do think it's better than Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Wow. Really, I, it grieves me to say it because I love that fucking movie, but I I think this is uh, okay. So if we're going with comedy horror and like slapstick horror, um, I think the slapstick horror moments that work in this are um, uh, there's a bigger number of those than the slapstick horror moments that work in Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare.
1: That's true, but not as much as Cemetery Man because that movie yes. is also. Slap car flying heads <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's it's fucking great i love that movie so um, i
1: think then that's a pretty good fit now that is higher than the devil's rejects are you okay with that
0: i am okay with that because here's the thing the devil's rejects i i this is going to sound um like a, a crazy person thing to say i think the devil's rejects is kind of overrated
1: yeah it's hey look at my hot wife
0: yeah, Hey, hey guys. Hey, do you guys uh,
1: <laughs> remember that I'm married to Sherry
0: Moon? <laughs> hey guys, um, hi, it's, hey, it's your hey, friend. Hey, do you guys remember the 70s? Hey, yeah, so the 70s happened, um, so hey guys, it's me, I'm not actually Toe Hooper, uh, it's me, your friend, Rob Zombie, I've come to show you my wife's ass crack, um, anyway, I've, I've got to run, I just wanted you to see that, I wanted you to be aware that my wife has a butt, and uh, bye, and then he just leaps out the window, and the thing is, the, uh, The Devil's Rejects, it is nothing without that ending.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the sound and the ending is nothing without the soundtrack.
0: Yes. So here's so if you, uh, honestly if you take away the ending of that movie, none of us would still be talking about the Devil's rejects.
1: Yeah. That's true. And if you take away the ending, we would all be talking about Happy Death
0: Day. <laughs> right, which also I'm full of shit because here's the thing. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which I totally stand for, uh, I think if you took away the ending sequence of Halloween 2 with that song and those visuals, I'd probably feel much differently about Halloween 2.
1: Yeah, I, I do not abide by Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. So.
0: <laughs> that I understand. I, but that's for another is, episode. No, yeah, this is, me, this is me shaking out a garbage can onto the ground and going, you don't want to roll in this trash, and I value <laughs> that about you, and I just like Scrooge McDuck into the garbage. <laughs> So,
1: uh, Happy Death Day is number 93 now. Right above Freddy's Dead, but right
0: below Cemetery Man. That is a decent fucking showing, I think. Yeah, that's pretty good. Quincy, talk about socks. Let's talk about fucking socks. Hey,
1: let's talk about socks. You know what you have to wear every day? (laughs) Is it socks? It's socks. Yeah. You can't get away with not wearing socks. I've
0: tried, and I'm sorry, it don't work out well. Here's the thing. I don't trust anybody my age who wears shoes without socks. That's that right there is a man who has nothing to lose and, and they're dangerous. But the good news is so there are these socks that um, we have gotten called Bombas. And I so you know that thing where you hear an ad on a, on a podcast and you're kind of like, okay, well, I mean, they're you know, they're just like shelling for this thing. We were IRL messaging each other on Twitter screaming about these socks and about how comfy they are.
1: Yeah, um, so Bombas are these super fancy socks. They've got stay-up technology. Uh, The company has told us they tested 133 tension levels to find socks that don't roll down on your ankles when you're walking around all day.
0: Yeah, these are, like, science socks. Like, these are, it was, like, weird science without all of the weird misogyny, and they produce these incredible socks. They've got, like, a, what? You were telling me the ankle sock has, like, a blister tab to prevent blisters?
1: Yes, I normally hate ankle socks, and these ankle socks have an extra thick tab right on where your heel rubs against your shoe so that it won't blister.
0: That is, yeah, holy shit. And they come in a bunch of, like, crazy colors. I have been wearing nothing but these. And here's the thing. I've been, like, a a Hanes black uh, uh, sock man for the last, like, decade of my life. And I don't think I can ever go back now. i got to wear these socks.
1: Yeah, I have worn a different pair of Bombas every day this week. And this has been, uh, it's significantly improved my day.
0: Yeah, legitimately. And also, it's made of this material. Uh, apparently, it's long staple Pima cotton, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer, and it is just softer than an Android's bottom. It is incredible. We cannot recommend these socks enough. Yeah, they're
1: super durable. Um, I wash mine with my... I wash my underwear, my towels, and my uh, socks the same, and they, you'd <laughs> right. think that that would destroy these socks. It doesn't. Um, no. They also have this honeycomb support system and performance footbed so that they actually they're socks that give you arch support
0: yeah it is it is fucking bananas out here so bombas socks um if you go to the website quincy what is that website if you go to the special url bombas
1: b-o-m-b-a-s dot com slash rank not only will you be greeted with a friendly message that says "Hi rank and Buy listeners," but new customers will get 20% off their first order with code RANK, R A N K. But you have to go to the special URL, so don't like post this on one of those coupon websites. You got to go to bombus.com/rank first and then use the code.
0: Because here's the thing: if you're a horror goblin and you're out here watching horrifying, disgusting things, you gotta, you know, you gotta cling to something, and one of those things is socks.
1: Listen, socks. Uh, when you're curled up on the couch late at night and your tootsies are cold, uh, a good pair of Bombas will keep them toasty and <laughs> warm. Also, yep. Bombas are philanthropic, so you're you can like give back to the world uh, by buying these socks. Uh, Bombas has a really great um, giveaway program. Every time you buy a pair of socks, they donate a pair of socks to a homeless shelter.
0: Yeah, and especially it's winter right now. It's real fucking rough out there, and they're doing a really good thing.
1: Yeah, and they're doing this. They've given away 5 million socks to shelters in all of the United States.
0: Yeah, so like, even aside from the philanthropy, Fucking great socks, you guys. So, once again, go to bombas.com slash rank uh, and get uh, a proper discount on and use your new socks. rank me. for 20% off. You're going to thank us, I promise.
1: Ryan, I'm so yes. excited to talk to you about The
0: Sword and the Claw. Oh my god, The Sword and the Claw. This, okay, so I want to hear your brief plot synopsis of The Sword and the Claw.
1: Okay, have you had a chance to see it? Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, Sword in the Claw, a.k.a. Kilik Aslan, it's a Turkish movie. So, that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way... Which, by the way, um, I think the
0: first Turkish movie we've done on the podcast.
1: I think you're right. This is the first Turkish movie we're covering, but it's definitely not going to be the last. Our bud Dave on Twitter has pointed... What's Dave's
0: handle? Uh, cinema, uh, cinema underscore strikes. Uh, it's cinema strikes Back.
1: Yeah, so Cinema Strikes Back has pointed out some really great Turkish horror movies. There's a Turkish um, Exorcist. What? There's a Turkish E.T. What? Oh my god. There is a Turkish Jaws, which is a crime thriller.
0: That's really fucking exciting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so like Turkish Star Wars is the one that everyone hears about because it's bananas. But apparently the 80s, they were just playing real fast and loose behind that cultural... Uh, curtain.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, which really, God bless, because how often do we take other countries' movies and do a bad version of it?
1: Yeah. So, uh, The Sword and the Claw, uh, a.k.a. Killik Aslan, uh, we got this Blu-ray from AGFA, the uh, American Genre Film Archive and MVD Vis- Visual. It's out now on Blu-ray. It looks super good. It's so clean. The sound is great. And and by great, I mean the dub is the most awkward and bananas you can imagine (laughs) So, this isn't technically a horror movie
0: um it well and and it's kind of not a horror movie in the way that machiste in hell is not a horror movie
1: yes but it's it's what uh we'd affectionately um term psychotronic it's so insane that it belongs on this list
0: Yeah, I think there's a kind of, like, surreality to it that makes me immediately go, yeah, I would put this in the horror section because I don't, I, listen, it's either put it in the horror section or just put it in its own small display case with question marks above it. (laughs) Like, what? I don't know. In emergency, (laughs) break glass. (laughs) (laughs) Break glass with your own face and scream while watching this movie. It, it is fucking insane. So the Um, plot if I dare.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so Solomon is the great king, and he has lost a battle with this uh, challenger to the throne. Um, so on the eve of the challenger coming to take over the castle, Solomon gets with his wife, and they make a baby. And mm-hmm. while they're making a baby, his wife says, Hey, it looks a lot like that... Um, tattoo on your back is a lion and a sword and Solomon says oh that's not a tattoo that's a birthmark that every man in my family has <laughs> that's gonna come up later so, <laughs> yeah you know you know that's coming up so Solomon is so virile that his wife immediately becomes nine months pregnant
0: <laughs> and the challenger
1: to the throne which I don't remember that motherfucker's name invades the castle so the wife runs away and and uh the like lieutenant spirits the wife away while solomon fights off all the warriors and like 20 guys stab him with spears and he doesn't die and he just fights all these people back and this is important for uh symmetry he holds the doors shut so that they can't actually get out to chase his wife and they cut his hands off so that he uh, will let go of the doors, but his hands dangle on the giant door knockers. Natch, yeah. So uh, the wife is running through the forest. She gives birth to a baby, and uh, the and she gets caught after uh, she's given birth because she's so exhausted. The um. The the lieutenant goes to hide the baby from the soldiers, but then uh, loses the baby in the the bushes. And when he comes back later, he finds that a lion has already adopted this this you know heir to the throne baby. So he just leaves the baby to the lion. <laughs>
0: real lions by the way they used in this real
1: actual lions real actual meat that both the, the people and lions <laughs> share, share on the yeah screen.
0: shoot shoot lions like playing tug of war with a child that has like a medieval times style turkey leg <laughs> it is it is fucking so fast that, forward I, yeah
1: um 20 years i guess that yeah. 30 years? The, um, the wife of Solomon, the queen, is now the new queen with the new king who killed Solomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a shitbird. So um, there's an underground resistance, and they're looking for a messianic leader. And uh, one day, the resistance fighters are fighting the king's uh, guys, and a wild lion man jumps out of the woods and scratches everyone's eyes out with his bare hands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus because Christ.
1: when you're raised by lions, you can kill people with your bare fucking
0: hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the the violence in this is... Uh, I feel like the, the real MVP of Sword in the Claw is the Foley guy. Because the sound effects in this are, I want a soundboard full of nothing but the squishes, scrapes, and screams in this movie.
1: Listen, also the guy who held the bucket of red paint to dab on everyone's faces.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just picture them having, like, a spritz bottle, and they just come by every now and again.
1: So, um, this guy, we find out, has the birthmark of his father, so he's clearly the, the heir to the the throne. He he joins these uh, bandits, these revolutionaries, and they go fight the king. And um, even though they invade the castle and they're kicking ass, they have to run away. So they climb into the sewer, uh, but our hero has to hold the door shut. So the king pours acid through the holes in the door, and it burns his fucking hands off.
0: Yeah, it... Yeah, the effects on that. I All right, so here's the question. Would you call the effects in this good?
1: Um yes. For 1975, they are very contemporary. Shockingly contemporary.
0: I was yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I feel like this looks like a really really talented like young uh makeup artist like in in maybe the night there was oh, there was I don't know, the color of the blood in the copy that I watched um it looked kind of like the traffic cone orange.
1: Yes, yes. It's very orange. Yeah. It's very nineteen seventy-five.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looks like the blood and dawn of the dead.
1: Yeah. So long story short, uh our Lion Man has nubs now. So he says to the blacksmith slash doctor, make me iron lion claws. <laughs> So the the blacksmith welds iron lion paws with giant iron spikes to his hands and he goes and rips the fuck out of everyone and saves the day.
0: Yeah, oh, no. This also, was, he yeah.
1: finds out that he has a half-brother and the half-brother uh, <laughs> betrays the evil father and joins his half-brother to, like, fight evil.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like, uh, with, it, this strikes me as, like, i would actually totally do a double feature with this and like a really gory tokusatsu movie
1: yeah yeah this goes with common Rider*, shin common Rider*.
0: yeah 100 um and then so the ending of this is huh how how i feel like it just kind of ended
1: yeah it's like oh we win now the end yep
0: so I got, I got, and, Like, hens. there's a
1: love plot and there's like a, you're the hot woman. And here, here's the girl that's like hashtag sexy and the girl that's like hashtag like true beauty or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, well, it, it I mean, but that that made it feel so fucking nuts.
0: Well, and, and, and that aspect made it feel sort of more akin to like Machiste in hell or like a sword and sandal movie is like, yeah. It is I, a punch guy with tiger claws, but you are a vixen lady. What do? And then they kind of don't. Yeah, it's 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 kind of yeah. Like... It's very very machiste in hell. Oh yeah, um, it this movie is just fucking nuts. so <laughs> <laughs> I it's I, so fucking good. Everyone needs to buy this Blu-ray. It's incredible, and it immediately makes me realize, like, I honestly uh, at this point now, uh, I've after a lifetime of watching horror movies, I get really excited when I become made aware of, like, a scene or an era or a country of horror, like, like origin of horror that I don't know a lot about. Yes. Because at, after watching this, I was like, why the fuck have I not been watching Turkish horror movies?
1: Yeah, it's so bananas. And the dubbing is... I'm a sucker for dubbing in general. I used to tell my... like. I was the kind of child that when Crashing Tiger Hidden Dragon came out, I went to see it in the theater subbed and I got mm-hmm. pissed when my when I rented it from Blockbuster and it was dubbed. But as an adult, I am the opposite. I want everything dubbed and I want it to be as stilted and awkward as possible.
0: Yeah, completely. And really, the dialogue in this like, I, I don't know, like it had subtitles, but I feel like even the subtitles were sort of like double Google translated. Um, where <laughs> yeah, yeah where, it makes me wonder very
1: little actual like plot and narrative or things that make sense it's really just a collection of a man scratching people's faces
0: <laughs> which alternatively yes. with
1: fingernails or with iron claws
0: yeah yeah right with his own natural god-given appendages or um other god-given animal appendages and the, I don't know, like, the the dialogue in this also frequently sort of made me, wa- like, I really want to know what they're actually saying and not the translation of the closest thing to what they're saying. Because every time somebody opens their mouth in this, I feel like they are laying down the fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything is so serious and over the top. And, but, like, and this is what's so, perfect about it, is that it's over the top without being cute about it. It just... It has one setting and that is wild.
1: Yeah. So Steve Arkin plays uh Suleiman Saw the Lion Man and uh he's he's really great in this. <laughs> Mostly because he ate a raw goat leg for the sake of his craft.
0: Oh shit, that was a real raw goat leg? It had to have been. Because oh, the God. lion eats it. That's True. They, oh, I think I told myself that they must have slathered it in animal smells to get the lion to eat it.
1: I mean, they could have done a cutaway where he doesn't actually swallow, but it looks like he's eating raw meat alongside that lion. At the very least, he's hanging out with the lion. They were on set on the same day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and the Which tigers is closer to
1: a lion than I have been.
0: Well, yeah, and like with the with the 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 lion, are they lions or tigers? They this?
1: are lions. I want to say young adolescent lions. They
0: they, they don't are have the a young full mane. They are the young lions. Um, they I'm I was so curious about how that worked. Like if these were proper domesticated lions, or if they just had them lying around and they were like like you know they they're living in the wild and they were like okay. Um, guys, we've got one shot at this, and we need to make sure we don't die. I think they're
1: domesticated lions, or they're at least like Hollywood lions. Yeah. But, you know, even a Hollywood lion isn't a trustworthy lion. No, no. We, every yeah. Every day we got of the, the
0: week. We got the Sigmund and Freud incident, or Sigmund and Freud, Sig, Siegfried and Roy. Jesus Christ. Sigmund, Sigmund and, and Freud. And Freud? <laughs> Uh, that's, I'm going to keep that in because that's, I think, the most embarrassing thing I've said on this podcast so far. Which, when you make a Freudian slip about, that is just outstanding. Um, So, where do apeshit bananas movies go? Because it's not good,
1: but it's not bad.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, honestly. It's like
1: we had to start our own list with just (laughs) the sword and the claw on it.
0: Exactly. Like, what do you even compare this to? Because, yeah, I mean, it's not... Applying a label okay, so, of either good or so, bad to this wouldn't make any sense. So if we put it as
1: high up as, like, female prisoner scorpion, like another, like, proper grindhouse movie, mm-hmm. that's way too high because there's a bunch of stuff that's better. That's higher than the lure. Um, oh, yeah. Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires is very similar, but that's also higher than Candyman, and that's not right.
0: Oh, that's definitely not. Now, I, 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 I would say for me... I think the floor for this is that it, um, is, uh, well, okay. Let's, if we're going with like wild nonsense, let's go with She Kills.
1: Yeah. It's better than
0: She Kills. It is much better than She Kills. Um, I also think it's
1: also She Kills. Okay. So here's why it's better than She Kills. She Kills is approximating wild nonsense. It's actually quoting other movies. It has scenes where it's like, now we're going to do our takeoff on the crow. It's calculated nonsense. Yeah, this is honest-to-goodness nonsense.
0: Yeah, this is... um, The director got coked out of his mind and decided to make a movie. Um, And I so obviously better than that, I would honestly... uh, I also think it's probably better than Motel Hell.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say it's better than The Incredible Melting Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, again, will watch this movie regularly. This is in this is in heavy rotation now.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be on... An, like, if, if you ran a bar or something for horror goals, this is one of the things that you would have on the TV that nobody can hear because it's too loud, like, behind the bar.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because this is the perfect movie on mute because sound or none it still doesn't make sense it's that bananas
0: oh i found myself wondering if you know i was something was getting lost in translation and then yeah i realized look if every word of this translation were pristine i would understand about the same amount um i okay, do not so think it's better than kuso
1: yeah i don't think it's better than kuso either Um, is it better than House of a Thousand Corpses?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, um, oh, okay. I think I know where to put it. I think I've got it. I think it's better than House of a Thousand Corpses, which I like. I like House of a Thousand Corpses, even though it's like sort of Rob Zombie's like Babby's first uh, attempt at an auteur auteur horror movie. Um, I would put it below hardware. I think hardware is better than this.
1: Okay, so that leaves Pool Party Massacre. Better or worse?
0: Ah, I think that's your call. What do you think?
1: Okay, so Pool Party Massacre is intentional. Who knows what the Sword in the Claw is? It is so wild. I don't know what was planned, what was just mad genius, happy accident. What is Mm -hmm.
0: what? Yeah, and in, and, in that regard, I think I would... probably put it above pool Party Massacre. See, I was going to say below, because I think, like, you know...
1: So, are we more in awe of how did this get made and it's so enjoyable, or are we more in awe of how did this get made so well?
0: Oh, that's a good point. Like, are we going with legitimate quality or... Um, indeterminately uh, purposeful uh, bug fuck shit the bed insanity.
1: I mean, kuso is bug fuck, uh, Hardware is bug fuck shit the bed insanity.
0: Ag- agree. Uh, and, so, which also hard, hardware is another mean spirited as shit horror movie.
1: So I think it actually has to go above Pool Party Massacre because then we have a real cluster of insanity. We have Kuso when Susserus sirs that gross shit short film oh yeah and hardware oh, so yeah it's got to go as the new uh 114 right above pool party massacre
0: oh man actually i would say yeah that's a great cluster of um i, I feel like we're, we're we're ushering our movies into little neighborhoods on this list
1: yeah yeah it's the good place of horror movies
0: It is. Like, this is the... Do you mind if I wild the fuck out for a moment section of the list? Yeah, so I I feel pretty good about that. So at number 114, The Sword and the Claw from 1975. Man, go buy this fucking
1: Blu-ray. Also, these Agfa Blu-rays are great. Um, This is like the third or the fourth one now, and they've all... Zodiac Killer was Agfa. Um, effects, which we haven't talked about in the show, but we're going to eventually, is Agfa, the Tom Savini movie. Um, They put out The Violent Years, a re-release of that Ed Wood movie. They're all super good. And the best thing is in the special features, because it's the American genre film archive are just random trailers that are thematically similar because they have them laying around and they have a 4k machine. So they're just (laughs) scanning reels of film.
0: Yeah. Which actually I think Agfa also released uh, death dream, didn't they? Was am I thinking of the right the I right think company? Somebody to else. Oh, uh, that could be somebody else because maybe it's just that I just watched Death Dream and I'm in love with that movie, so I for some reason it left to mind. Um, I but see I feel that like movie really badly. oh oh you're gonna you're gonna love it when we do it. Um, I think Agfa and Vinegar Syndrome are the two heavy hitters that on this podcast I feel like have been really really good to us.
1: Yeah, Agfa, um, Vincent, um, Arrow. Arrow. They're all like the best. Yeah. If you so, want to be in the ranks of super awesome filmmakers and you want to send us a film, our email address is rankandvilecast at gmail dot com.
0: Yeah, we are enthusiastic about maybe one or two things in this wicked world, and one of those is getting free horror movies.
1: Yeah, Um, I should also mention Umbrella has been treating us very nicely lately, and they've been putting out some crazy movies. Yeah. Uh, Orca, the killer whale movie.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah, it... well, it's on Blu-ray now. Yeah, <laughs> finally, because I, I was looking for it years ago and I couldn't find it. Um, so yeah. We, yeah. Do, uh, do. I think we have time for one listener request, don't we?
1: Yeah, uh, and now let's figure out which one that's going to be. Um, let's talk about Abby. Uh, Non-Playable Kyle wants us to... Talk about the black exploitation movie Abby from 1974. I, uh, I
0: actually have not seen Abby.
1: Well, it's got William Marshall in it. You know, Blackula. Oh, oh, oh Scream Blackula Scream. Scream Blackula Scream. William Marshall owns motherfucking bones.
0: <laughs> oh, of the Scream Blackula Scream Blackulas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. You know, just down the road in the neighborhood. So, um, so
1: Abby is the Exorcist, but exploitation. So, what's really fascinating is Abby is a grown woman, so, like, she's having sex with dudes at a bar instead of saying, your mother sucks cocks in hell, and <laughs> the old priest is William Marshall, you know, Black blackulum. <laughs> just, so, he adds a real element. gravitas to that role. Now, unfortunately, this is what sucks, is Abby is really fucking good, but Abby isn't exorcist good.
0: Right. Although it does have a better tagline, which is Abby doesn't need a man anymore. The devil is her lover now. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'd say it's on par with this is probably our first exploitation movie on the list, mm-hmm. but I'd say it goes on par with um, Dracula 1972 because it's very much a What if horror movie, but also very 70s. There's a man in the bar that Abby hits on who is just wearing a fringe vest and bell bottoms. No (laughs) shirt in a bar. Holy shit. That's fantastic. Greased up oily, like shimmering (laughs) like a fucking professional wrestler in a bar with a fringed leather jacket. The kind that cowboys chewed on when they got hunger pains on the prairie.
0: (laughs) This is a fucking look, is what this is.
1: So I'm going to say not as good as dracula 72 because dracula 72 has that scene where peter cushing kills the living fuck out of that dude oh, and it's, it's like great. a five minute battle uh <laughs> but it's definitely better than mickey keating's darling
0: yeah i that that sounds right i mickey, mickey keating's darling is a kind of eh, i'm fine the, the way you're describing this to me i need to see abby immediately well you
1: are in excellent luck because it's on youtube Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, so Abby, um,
1: if you just search Abby 1974, um, I found it on on the tube, so I'm sure y'all at home can find it, too.
0: So the next movie uh, that we got as a listener request from the Everything is Awesome podcast is uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, um, which I just fucking adore that movie.
1: Yeah, it's good as shit. Um is it as good as Return of the Living Dead in terms of like awesome zombie movies?
0: Um, I think it's better than Return of the Living Dead because it's more ambitious. Because here's the thing: that fucking ending sequence with like his yeah, horrible yeah. Muppet mother trying—yeah, no, it's and it's—I have never seen anything like that in a movie. Um, and yeah, I feel like Return it's, of the Living Dead—it's
1: transcendently gory.
0: Oh my god, and apparently <clears throat> the um, the lawnmower scene where um, the the protagonist just mows down an entire room full of zombies with a lawnmower, uh, apparently that was actually one of the reasons he got hired to do the Lord of the Rings films, because they were like, New Line was like, oh, so clearly you can do big fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Like, man, and honestly, like in, in terms of the gross-out factor in this movie... Um, this has some of the grossest effects I have ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's reprehensible.
0: It's incredible. Um, and also, like, I've, I'm, I've honestly just got such a soft spot for Peter Jackson's horror stuff. Um, and Dead Alive also, um, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, this, purely for the scene with the baby in the carriage, the little demon baby. I mean, there's a thing called a rat monkey that infects. Like, it, it's just, this movie is full of everything I like. Yeah. So what's
1: got better slapstick gore, Evil Dead 2 or Dead Alive?
0: Oh, wow, 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 wow. Um, right? I, ee, I, yeah. That That is a hell of a question. I actually, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. I think Evil Dead 2. I think it has better slapstick.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think the the fire hose worth of blood that comes out of that wall <laughs> oh, yeah. trumps the lawnmower any day.
0: Agree. If it's a matchup between those two, I'm going with the, the fire so hose.
1: I will say, I think Dead Alive is better than Evil Dead, the first one.
0: Yeah. I, you know, actually, I think I would, well, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you speak, you speak the truth. It's probably better than, Yeah. But I don't but, think it's better than A Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Yeah, so I think it's got a nice cozy spot between <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead at number 26.
0: Mm-hmm. Which also puts it above Reanimator, which was like... I was trying to think of like the closest um, movie in terms of like <coughs> <coughs> bizarro slapstick horror. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, at number 26 between The First Evil Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street is the right place. Right. So,
1: Ryan, um, we've already mentioned our email address, uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Where else can listeners find us?
0: Well, listeners can find us on the Twitter at uh, rankandvilecast with the little at in front of it. Um, and they can also find us on Tumblr at just rank and then over on Instagram at just justrankandvile. Um, if you have any uh, requests for movies and, and you, you desperately, I don't know, want us to talk about Scream, Blackula, Scream, Quincy, can we please do Scream, Blackula, Scream? Um, definitely send it over to the email address at rankandvilecast at gmail. Um, and then aside from that, uh, we update the Tumblr semi-regularly, but we're mostly active on Twitter.
1: And we also have an Instagram at RankinVile. We're fairly active on Instagram, too.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, all we got for this week. You got anything else? That's it. Have a awesome. great week. Have a good week, folks.